Welcome, friends, to the Agora Network Ministries program, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and stigma inside the walls of the church. Through interviews, stories, and Christ-centered devotionals, along with dialogues with leading Christian mental health professionals and network ministries, our hope is that you, the listener, will learn and experience that hope and healing can be found in a holistic approach for body, soul, and spirit. Our prayer is that you become more aware about the importance of your mental health and be willing to make the changes you need to become a healthier you, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, welcome to this program. Now, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie. Hi, my name is Alan. And I'm Bonnie. And we're so glad you're uh, returning to listen to us one more time uh, for Hope for the Agora, a conversation about the mental health and the church. Uh, We have been listening over the last two weeks to Dr. Grant Mulling, who was a mental health physician for many years, and he was sharing about uh, renewing the mind. And I hope and pray that you have learned some things. And again, if you're interested, you can uh, get a hold of us and we'll uh, certainly direct you to Dr. Grant as well. So uh, again, uh, thank you for joining us. And today we want to talk about the church um, and mental health. Well, I know a lot of people have asked us, why did we start Agora? And um, as our story has been shared and is being shared, the reason Agora has come into existence is because when we have journeyed through this mental health illness ourselves through Alan's stroke and being the caregiver, um, we turned to the church. And unfortunately, the church wasn't able to give us or send us in the right direction of what we really needed. The church was wonderful in the spiritual connection that we needed to have and Mm. Um, in that aspect, but actually understanding um, the brain and and how it works and what we were really suffering, unfortunately, they just weren't versed in that. That's right. Um, They are versed in the scriptures, which is good, and uh, what the Bible says about, you know, the mind and our spiritual growth. Uh, But many pastors and churches and leadership don't understand the clinical side. And mm-hmm. that's what we want to really get across to the leadership of churches uh, because so many feel that uh, mental health is just a spiritual mm-hmm. issue, uh, you know. So the things that are said uh, are like uh, pray more, read your Bible more, trust God more. But if you have a clinical depression, meaning that your brain is not functioning well. Mm-hmm. There may be some chemical uh, disorders in your brain. It's hard even to pray more. It's hard to even read your Bible. Um, and so, you know, we want to help pastors understand that a lot of mental health issues, illness, is mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, is uh, physical. Absolutely, and and I think too in, you know. Um, not to be so negative against pastors is just something that they don't understand. That's it's right. something that we didn't understand. So it was easier to um, sweep it under the rug instead of confronting it. And you know, when when um, we're expert in one area, then we give the advice in that area. So it's easier to make the diagnosis as a spiritual problem than an actual physical problem. Yeah. I did that in my pastor role for mm-hmm. years because I didn't think mental illness uh, could was, even affect a Christian. Uh, well, yeah, part. I didn't even try to understand what it was. Right, and and to our shame, and I yeah. really feel to to many a shame. We would just say, "Oh, they're just a little crazy," or mm. you know, "Stay away from them. They don't have everything together." And and how sad. I know we look back at ourselves mm. and realize that, you know, some people have been suffering for so long. And um, really, if anyone should be there to help them, it should be the church. It should be. And uh, what we're hoping to see um, in the ministry as we move forward is that the church will understand they have a great opportunity to mm-hmm. help and bring hope and healing to so many inside there was and outside there was. Uh, we see a lot of Christians, we have talked to many, that have said to us, our church doesn't know how to help me. And so they go outside the church, which is good because there's great resources outside the church as well if the church doesn't have them. Right. And the, they're one running, so to speak, away from the church. And I hope that the church would realize we want people to run towards us, not Mm -hmm. from us. Exactly. Just as if you had been listening to Dr. Grant Mullen, it's body, soul, and spirit. So, you know, we're connected in those three ways, and it's so important that all three are in tune. And so that's why we need the spiritual connection, and we also need the the physical connection or through the mental health providers and people that can certainly... um, guide us in that way and mm-hmm. who are the experts when yeah. it comes to our body and and we know our body is full of chemicals so we were just talking the other day with our son-in-law and someone that he had known who was sick and their um uh ph levels in their body was so out of whack that they were near to death mm. and so that right yeah. there just re- really um made a, a, a conclusion i guess mm-hmm. or or just reiterated to us how our body is designed and if those chemicals are off that could almost cause death Mm -hmm. you know why can't the chemicals in our brain you know be the same way where we can't function yeah yeah focus and uh, we talk a lot about medications and i think the reason why we do because there's a stigma with medications as a believer um, and so many uh, hide away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't tell people. Well, we don't have to tell people we're on medication, no. but uh, but uh, we but feel we don't shame need to be ashamed. Of no, it we feel shame and we hide uh, the you know our feelings because we don't want to be seen as a weak Christian. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're uh, gonna talk a lot today about the church and mental health and. Bonnie has a a good question she wants to throw out. 
Most of us know someone who's either in counseling or on medication or maybe unfortunately has taken his or her own life mm. as a result Tragic. of mental yep. illness. And we certainly have known many people. Um, they say in Canada that uh, 4,000 people every year die by suicide. Wow. Nine out of ten of those that die by suicide have some connection to mental health. Wow. Mm -hmm. And those are just ones that are recorded. I'm That's sure right. there's others that have just not been recorded as suicide. That's I'm right. Sure. And with COVID-19, we're... Mm. We're coming face to face with many that are feeling lost and Absolutely. uncertain and afraid. They're losing so much. So just kind of getting back to what I was talking about, there are many difficult uh, issues for Christians to talk about. And mental health would certainly be near at the top of that list. So why is that? Why is it hard for Christians to talk about mental health? Well, I, I think we... Uh, um, talked about it already, I think, because there's so much stigma, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think uh, also one of the things that comes out very clear as we uh, travel and talk to leaders and uh, others in the church that uh, there's not a, uh, we're not educated. So people are afraid of talking about mental health or dealing with it because we're, we, we don't know enough about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's two good reasons why uh, Christians are afraid or um, churches are afraid to deal with it because the stigma and also uh, because of the uh, uh, they're not educated enough. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times, too, as Christians, um, partly is that we know that God heals and that he not only restores our spiritual wounds, but we also believe that God, fit, you know, physically heals. Mm -hmm. And in times, in miraculous ways. So people of faith, we, we expect these miraculous ways. Mm -hmm. And we know freedom in Christ, and we experience forgiveness, and we acknowledge the supernatural healing. But however, there are times that healing doesn't take place. And for the person who wants help and their family, we, we seek answers. And and others wonder why, what what's going on. So it makes us awkward and limited to the, the conversations. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times as leaders, we often end up avoiding mental illness and concerns altogether, or we fly by the seat of our spiritual pants, mm -hmm. as to say, yeah. in response to when help is needed. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, though, we have to be fair. I think in this day that we're living in, uh, the churches are becoming better aware. Absolutely. And pastors, if you talk to pastors, they will say to you, yeah, they have counseled people. Uh, with mental illness, but uh, I think once that said, uh, uh, three out of four uh, people that pastors uh, counsel have some sort of mental health disorder. Uh, but the sad thing is, uh, we don't have many tools mm. in our toolkit as a church and as a pastor, so we tell them to go outside the church to get help again, which is good. 
but I really think the church should be ready and prepared to help people inside the church. Yeah. And that's what Agora is all about, Absolutely. to resource the leadership and the church to the many great mental health networks and ministries that are out there. That are out there. So thankfully, many Christians and clergy members are now taking mental illness more seriously. Mm. Uh, numerous ministries and church leaders are working to equip the pastors and congregations to handle emotional and physio I can never say this word, physiological stress. <laughs> Don't ask me I to know, say it. <laughs> I know what it means, but when it comes to having to say it. Um, I can't say my own name sometimes. <laughs> One way we can prepare it is to be, is, you know, really is to better understand these realities that, you know, surely mm. they do exist in our churches all across the country. And like Alan said, that is why Agora Mm. has um, been developed. I mean, when we have journeyed this ourselves, never in a million years did we think we would walk this road. Right. But God has allowed us to and has given us a passion to help others who we know um, journey this. That's right. You know, because, as we said earlier, there is a shame and a stigma that comes with mental health. So we want to... Um, journey this by ourselves and we don't want people to yeah. journey this on their own. We want That's to come right. alongside. Of course. I'm David Stokes, the founder and CEO of Critical Mass Publishing, but for 41 years before that, up till last year, I was a pastor uh, all across the United States the past 20 years or so in the Washington DC area. And it's in that context that I first met uh, Alan and Bonnie. And I am so excited to be partnering with them on this project, The Beautiful Strokes of God. You're familiar with their story, but it's also an important message that needs to be heard. Uh, we're all jars of clay, that's what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, and we have the treasure, or the gospel message, the shining light of Christ in that jar of clay, that earthen vessel. And uh, sometimes our jars are flawed and broken. Uh, I think one of the things that this book is going to do is highlight uh, not only the great need in the church for dealing with the issues of mental health, but also the fact that we haven't dealt with it very well. Uh, from anxiety to depression, even suicidal thoughts, family dynamics, uh, it's, it's a message that needs to be heard and God is pouring this message through Alan and uh, what he has gone through and Bonnie, his life partner, which she's gone through their entire family. I encourage you uh, not only to read this book when it comes out, but be part of the formative process of this book as we uh, put the thing together and as it's rolled out and marketed very soon. So please, please consider prayerfully supporting Alan and Bonnie and uh, this important work as you can and as the Lord leads. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Amy Simpson. Well, she's an author and a senior editor of uh, Leadership Journal. And she has written extensively on the subject of mental health. And her mother actually suffers from schizophrenia and um, says family members need the church to help break the silence. She maintains those living with mental illness, whether it's their own or someone else's, needs to speak and be heard in the church and elsewhere. They need the church to break its own silence as well. Uh, this silence compounds the suffering of the mental ill and the family members. So many have allowed stigma and fear to prevent acknowledgement that mental health exists within the walls of the churches, says Simpson. This, this is what really got me when I read this. It says, the silence sends 
a clear message that God is not interested in their suffering. I'll say that one more time. The silence sends a clear message that God is not interested in their suffering. Serious problems have no place in the church, mm. and our faith has no answers for hardship like theirs. That's wow. incredible. And many, uh, I think, uh, people inside the church feel that way. Absolutely. Um, and, and Simpson also acknowledges that ministry to those affected by mental illness, it's not easy, quick, mm. or fashionable. Yeah. Wow. It may not even be rewarding, but it is right and fitting for people called to love as Jesus loves to serve as the pleasing aroma of Christ in this world and to represent his healing grace. Those are powerful yeah, words. She says it so well in her book, Troubled Minds, is an incredible book to help us understand uh, the mental health issue inside the church and the stigma attached to it mm -hmm. and how we as a church need to break our silence oh, you know for sure. uh, we uh, as a ministry are are uh, really um, motivated to help churches and people break the silence actually <clears throat> actually we have uh, just uh, purchased some masks mm -hmm. with the slogan break the silence uh, I hope people uh, will <laughs> um, get some and uh, just a way to start a conversation. Absolutely. I mean, we got to wear them anyway, so right. let's start a conversation <laughs> of breaking the silence. But yeah, reading that really um, spoke to my heart when we, you know, where she says mm -hmm. it's not quick, easy, or fashionable, or or not rewarding. And it's I think it's kind of ugly. Yeah, it <laughs> is ugly. We we certainly have experienced that and. You know, a lot of the times as Christians, we like to take the easy road or we, you know, we want to see the accolades or be involved with um, the inner circle, the group. Right, right. You know, to, for the people who are on the fringe who suffer with mental health, um, a lot of times we don't have them part of the inner circle or sometimes they are part or people that are part of the inner circle mm -hmm. are suffering with mental illness and are afraid to yeah. share mm -hmm. because of the stigma and what might happen. Maybe they're afraid that they might be put to the fringe. Yeah, maybe uh, they'll lose friendships mm -hmm. or even some ministry um, uh, leadership in, exactly. in the church and asked to step down right you know? but you know what amy says is so right but there's a i think there's a gap in the leadership and the congregation i think the leadership would say that maybe they have different tools right but when you talk to the congregant the people in the pew many of them don't know that there is help in the church Available. for them. right. So that's what we mean by breaking the silence. Uh, we have to start telling our people that there are resources, and here they are, and this is what they are. And I think, you know, even as we journey through our new normal with living with COVID, and none of us know how long that will be. It may mm. be the new normal, and we know that that certainly will have its... Um, 
impact impact on the world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as we have things set in place in churches and programs for a lot of other issues, we certainly want to um, make mental illness Mm -hmm. up there. I know we, we... um, have grief, grief sharing, we have programs, divorce care, divorce care um, recovery, and all of these actually can work hand in hand oh, with mental course, illness. Of course, And um, so this is something that we're seeing that it, it needs to be a part of our conversation within yeah. the walls of the church. I spoke of there's a gap uh, of communication. And so I think our leadership might be saying one thing and the congregation might be saying another thing but uh, we uh, have something here the views of those with mental illness um so i'll give you some stats here so here are some ways that the majority um of people with mental health say that how the church can help them 74 mm-hmm. percent help families find local resources for support and dealing with the illness. I want to talk about that for a few minutes because even though we uh, talk about ministry resources and networks for the church, there are some great resources outside of the church and ministry Mm -hmm. that people, and I think the church leadership needs to know. That it's there. That it's there, and they need to do their research and uh, investigate uh, because you just don't want to send your people to uh, somebody you don't know or some uh, organization that you're not a you're not uh, a, um, you're not uh, educated on. Sixty three percent talk about it openly, so the topic is not so taboo. So that's really good to hear. Well, uh, people want to hear about it, right? Absolutely. I think the the scriptures are full of um, uh, characters, people that uh, have gone through. Uh, David is one. You read the Psalms. Oh, his lamenting. His lamenting. Mm. And, uh, you know, he says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast within me? Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Um, 58%. Well, actually, I'm going to go with this one. 61% improve people's understanding of what mental health is and what to expect. Mm-hmm. So, again, people don't know, and even the leadership don't know, or they're not aware fully of what mental health mm. illness is. Uh, 58% provide training for the church to understand mental illness. And that's uh, something that the church has to do better, Mm -hmm. train uh, individuals to understand. Um, And we, as a ministry, we have many on our team that can train, and I'm so grateful for them. Oh, we have an awesome team. And and, and just to see their passion for the church and for the people within the church. 57% say that they would like to see increase of awareness of how prevalent mental illness is today so for many suffering from mental illness they simply want to be treated as people and not as outcasts overall get this 70 percent of people within the church with mental illness wanted fellow church members to merely merely get to know them as a friend wow can i just say something here because often we look at people as projects yeah you know i want to help you so you're just a project 
our fiction. <laughs> and so people with mental health aren't projects, but they need people that are sensitive to them yeah. uh, and uh, ha- want to come as, uh, alongside of them and support them and help them in any way they can. Like we said earlier, they need to be that aromi, aroma yeah. of Christ, that right. pleasing aroma of Christ. And we had that in our experience. For sure. Uh, we had many people come aside of us yeah. and just love us as Jesus would and cry with us, yeah. uh, laugh with us, uh, agonize with us. Uh, for consistent church attenders, that number actually climbed to 78%. Mm, well. They just wanted to be treated like a person which sometimes even those in ministry, we forget to do. That's like right. Like we had said earlier, even to yeah. our own shame. Mm. Well, you know, our time is uh, clinking away here, and we're going to come back in other episodes, other radio shows, and talk more about this. But I'm excited that that next week, uh, Alan Klein-Dieters, he's our pastor care coordinator. He's a pastor coach. And uh, he's going to be talking to pastors once a month. His program is called Pastor to Pastor. And you don't want to miss this. So if you have a pastor that is not listening to this uh, program, uh, please invite him to Praise FM, Cape Breton, uh, 6 o'clock every uh, Friday evening, uh, Eastern Standard Time or uh, 7 o'clock if you're listening in the Maritimes. And I know you'll be blessed by it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us today. And we do look forward to um, being able to share more of our passion with you, more of Agora Network Ministries. And please take the time to go on and uh, check out Agora. So subscribe. W- subscribe to Agora. Mm-hmm. So it's www.agoranetworkministries.com. And please hit the subscribe button. We would love to hear from you. So thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you. As we conclude our program, we want to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. For more information about Agora, we invite you to journey through our website, www.agoranetworkministries.com. Also, please subscribe while there, or email us at info at agoranetworkministries.com. Until next time, May you know and experience the hope and healing that comes from the greatest healer, Jesus Christ.